This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program is pre-recorded. There are so many choices when it comes to selecting the right financial institution. Start with the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. We're right here in your city. We're also the official credit union of Temple University, and anyone who lives, works, worships, and studies in Philadelphia can open an account with convenient locations throughout our city of brotherly love. Also online at pfcu.com with free online and mobile banking. We're not here for our profit, here for yours. Federally insured by NCUA. WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. An Odyssey station. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. This is Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. It's good news in real estate. If you're a homeowner, if you're selling a home, or perhaps purchasing a home or vacation property, welcome to our home. It's good news in real estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Your hosts for the next radio hour, the mortgage mom, Deanne Kitsaris, along with real estate veteran and owner-operator of the Philadelphia Real Estate Class. Mark Cumberland. Your real estate education starts right now. It's good news in real estate. Presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Hey, good afternoon. Get ready to laugh and learn here on Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'm Mark Cumberland along with my co-host, the mortgage mom, Deanne Katsaris. How are you, Dan? I'm doing wonderful, Mark. If I was any better, I'd be you. Ooh, yeah, you'd be lucky. Maybe rocking and rolling. <laughs> and we're excited to be here every Saturday afternoon, 1 o'clock. I got a really interesting call I got to tell you about. I hear at WPHT Talk Radio, if you want to ask us a question about mortgages, commercial, residential, real estate, give us a call. My number is 267-266-5501. What's your number, Deanne? Mark, my number is 609-605-7153. We're here every week just to keep you informed, and 11 years we've been doing this and trying to keep you guys happy. And you can listen to this show and past shows at our website, goodnewsandrealestate.com, and at WPHT's website also. So what are we talking about today, Deanne? Coming up on today's show, Mark, we have the market report. Yes. We have business tips with Asking Dr. A. Right, a continuing series. We, yep, we have Mark's Funny Story. I got an interesting 4-1 today. <laughs> oh, jeez. And then we also have our mortgage mom topic, which is... Which is... What's changing in the mortgage world? The mortgage world. <laughs> Sounds interesting. Mark, we also have our questions. Yes. Is real estate a good investment in 2021? Next yes. question is, <laughs> what is a seller's market? Oh. Next question is, how do I... How much do I have to pay an agent to help me buy a house? That's a good question. That comes up all the time. And how much do I need for a down payment? Oh, your favorite question. Oh, my God. (laughs) All right. (laughs) The topic of the day is, is commute time becoming a housing factor? That's a great topic, Mark. Great topic. Interesting read. I've read some stuff. Yep. But first, give us your motivational quote. And the motivational quote is, procrastination is the fear of success. People procrastinate because they are afraid of success that they know will result if they move ahead. Because success is heavy, carries responsibility with it. It is much easier to procrastinate and live on the someday I will philosophy than make a move. That's so true. You know what? After I read that, quote and i 
wrote wrote the script. I'm going to do a topical on fear of success. You should. We, we haven't you, done that for a long time, and it, it's been that a while. Is a big topic. Yep. So where Mark, are we at? Before you get into the market report, I want to tell you something funny. I had a woman. Her name is Marie, and right. she's been a longtime listener. And she said she found us um, on Saturday because she knew we switched from Sunday to Saturday. So she found us and she said, I just want to thank you for being so nice and answering all my questions. And and that guy that you're on the show with, Mark, he's so nice. He's so funny. He's all about splitting the baby. (laughs) (laughs) That was a good one. I was like, Marie, if you got that out of our radio show, that is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was a good call. All right. So we are up to the The market market report. report. Yeah, so the world's been dealing with this significant health crisis since the beginning of 2020. And this has provided the doom and gloomers, especially in the media, numerous opportunities to pontificate about likely long-lasting depression. If you bought into the theories being peddled in the crash cult crowd, you know, in, which has an effect on the economy if people think negative, so they don't help anything, and they're doing it on social media, on YouTube, then you would have believed that the second housing market bubble crash was imminent in 20 during the 2020 thing, but it wasn't. The U.S. economy recovered quicker than anyone even imagined. Almost everyone. Life is much better today than it could have been, but we are now suffering for what can only be called a first world problem in the U.S. housing market. Here's the problem. In 2020 to 2024, demographics are providing the U.S. with the most significant number adult of first-time home buying age Ever in history. You get that? This is important to you. There's 91 million millennials. And that's who they're talking about. 91 millennials. That's who they're talking about here. This is going to be the biggest first time home buyer group ever in history. So it has, and with this low mortgages and what's going on, it's a one two punch. Is it any wonder that the U.S. housing market has outperformed all other economic sectors? Like, I just ordered a new truck the other day. Good uh, luck. A new F-150. And I went to the dealership, right, to sit down and, like, uh, look at the Hash colors. Out the and numbers. All. So, anyway, they talked me out. And they got a giant parking lot. In fact, Jim Stevenson is my guy at Chapman Ford. Can it, uh, yeah, Chapman Ford. And... Uh, they have a giant parking lot. So we walked out to the parking lot. It was like three football fields empty. You can't, they don't even have any trucks. So I got one on order. That's, and last week on Market Report, we talk, I told Jim, a car sale, new car sales were up 47% in 2020, and used car sales are up 147%. And the prices What's your wait are up time? Too. What's your wait time to get the new truck? Uh, one to three months. Oh my God. You know how hard it is to get a rental if you go on vacation trying to get a rental car? It's crazy. And if you get one, it's three times the price. And it's all because they're making the chips in Taiwan, and they better have learned their lesson and start making them here because they're holding up the chips, and that's holding up everything. There was a lot of depressed-looking salesmen (laughs) walking around in in, uh, in the Japanese world. But anyway... So anyway, there is always this silver lining to everything. And so the silver lining is these low mortgage rates, 
the demand. We had that low, low, low inventory. Inventory. But there's all kinds of people, potential home buyers, and since the housing tenure. Uh, the length of time people stay in the house has been increasing. That even makes it harder for these new home buyers to get a house. Because well, if you're locked in the house for a whole year, of course it is. Yeah, plus, plus, like people, you know, we're moving faster, like five every five years. Now it's like seven years. So on hand, all the demographics point to a heightened demand for the next four years as millennials hit peak home buying age. And and if they're if they're waiting for prices to cool down, that's not likely to happen in the short time. Higher mortgage rates could would cool off some of the demand, but I don't think it's going to go that high. And uh, you know, so to, so anyway, we are in great shape. But Americans buy when they're ready to own that debt. If twenty twenty one has convinced you of that then you need to, if you if you're not ready to buy you got to take a serious look in the mirror because this is opportunity time a home is a place to raise your family in a neighborhood where you send your kids schools just live a life the obsession over home prices and if a, if a good investment you're going to miss you're missing the whole point when's a good time to buy now now actually <laughs> yesterday yesterday that's but, how good this market is but also keep in mind you know, everybody talks about the cost of the house being increased. They don't put into play the cost of the interest rates. So even though the house is a little bit overpriced, the interest rates are historic lows. Plus, you're appreciating so, it 10, 15 percent a year. much higher. Correct. So Correct. it's a wash. It is a wash. So speaking of great rates, your 30-year conventional rate mark, 2.875. Your 15-year at 2.625. Your 30-year FHA is 2.875. It is not too late to refi. Please give me a call. My number is 609-605-7153. We will walk you through a refinance analysis and let you know your savings and break it down for you. All right. Very good. All right. So there are great rates and it's all positive all the time here and the market is great. With a period on the end. So with <laughs> that, you're listening mark. to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All positive all the time. We'll be right back. On behalf of the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, we hope you're enjoying Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland. The Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. Deanne and Mark will have more after the break and this message from Debt-Free Living. Learn more at wehatedebt.com. Hi, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT All Positive all the time. So we're at, Dan. Mark, we are up to your funny story. I got one for you. So this guy, right? Bill, he moves to Colorado. He wants to, you know, he's now working from home. He gets out there. He wants to be in the mountains and all this. And he bought a property that had a barn. So he started looking for a horse. And he looked on Craigslist. And he sold a Christian horse. And he was, like, curious. So he went to check it out. When Bill got to the ranch, the horse owner says... Oh, he's a really good horse. He's easy to ride. He says, all you got to do is just say, praise the Lord to make him go, and I'll mend to make him stop. And Bill thought that was pretty funny. So he gets on a horse. He says, praise the Lord. Horse starts to walk. He goes, praise the Lord. 
horse starts taking off. He says, praise the Lord. Now the horse is like running full blast. Bill sees a cliff up ahead. He goes, amen. The horse stops right at the edge of the cliff. Bill goes, woo. Praise the Lord. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) And we know how that ended. Yeah. (laughs) If you have a funny story you'd like to hear, send it to 8029 at Comcast.net or give us a call at 267-266-5501. And now it is time for the Mortgage Mom segment with the Ann Cat Saris from Green Tree Mortgage. And her topic today is, what has changed in the mortgage world? So I'm curious. Wow, you got that one. I got it, man. You got it. So I just feel, Mark, so much has changed in the mortgage world. I'm just going to even break it down into the last six months. With the last year with the pandemic, everybody was running around, selling their house, buying new houses renting places, doing rehab loans, building pools, building decks. I mean, it's just, it was, it's a frenzy. It's a frenzy. Now people have sold their home and my friends are going through it right now. I was away with them this weekend. They sold their home. They still have no place to go after six weeks of looking. Even in the rental market, somebody's renting an apartment for $2,800 there's a bidding war on rental properties. It's crazy. So somebody that wants to rent something for $2,800, they might now be paying $3,200 and signing a two-year contract. It's absurd. I mean, it's, it, there's such a greed factor going on right now. It's, it's insane. FHA buyers are being treated like they have the plague. Sellers and listing agents will not accept FHA buyers. All the people that I, don't I have- understand that. I, I don't, you, FHA is not a big deal. Like I, I blame this whole thing on the damn real estate agents, and I know I'm a real estate agent, but, and the media. If those two would get their act together and talk about how great this market is for buyers and especially for sellers, There'll be a lot more inventory in the market. But these agents, they'll do everything but pick up a phone and talk to somebody. I'm telling you, a lot of it has to do with them. And, I then just the, media, talk- and the media is all, like in my market report, the media is all doom and gloom. There is no reason to accept a conventional buyer with 5% down versus an FHA buyer with 3.5% down until you talk to the loan officer why are they going fha do they have the funds to close well if we send out a pre-approval letter that shows i have tax returns pay stubs bank statements they're not asking for a seller concession okay and they're willing to pay the agent's commission so that we don't run into having to overbid overbid and then it not appraise and them not to be able to pay the difference there is zero reason unless there's something wrong with the house if there's a broken window if there's a leak in the ceiling if they're missing the railing that's going down the steps into the garage i can see go with a conventional buyer mark other than that there is there is no reason because if they take a conventional buyer Let's just say they're putting 50% down and my FHA buyer's putting 3.5%. 
if that deal doesn't get to the table, they're not going to get that 50%. No, it doesn't matter. So it doesn't, if somebody puts five, if they both put $5,000 down on the same contract for the same sale price, why should you accept the one that has 50% down and only mortgaging half? That seller is getting the same money at closing table. Exactly. This is lack of knowledge. It's lack of knowledge. It is is the most frustrating. I know. It's frustrating. It's like the couple myths in real estate that we always talk about. And but I'm telling you, a lot of this has to do with real estate agents. Real estate agents across the country are not keeping people informed. And people, the average person that's not in our business, they're busy. They got kids. They got jobs. They're running around like crazy, taking kids to sports. All kinds of stuff. They're not doing research. They're not doing research. And what if, what if I have a newly married couple that wants to raise their family in my house? Right. I have a pool. I have a picket fence. Right. They want to start a family in my house versus a guy that comes in that's conventional has intentions of, you know, keeping it for six months and flipping it to put more money in his pocket. Do you know which buyer I would take? Yeah, the family. All day long. We're not even getting that opportunity. And people have to understand that your FHA buyer might even have a higher credit score than our conventional buyer. Right. It's just lack, lack of knowledge. And everybody, the media, I don't know. I don't know. They're, they're like just, it's really hard to watch the news. It's, it's just impossible. So, it's so negative. And then what, unfortunately, this administration is, is with not this helping. tax increase and what what they're proposing with the that debt tax and uh, the 39.6% uh, capital gains tax and the uh, Ten percent business increase. It's going to be the largest tax increase in history, and after a COVID virus, like the best thing Biden could do is leave things alone. Just don't do anything. Right, but let's. All right, <laughs> like, now we're going like off into a time. Yes, not broke, but let, let me bring it, it back. Okay, right, right. if there's a realtor out there that's listening to our show and can convince me otherwise as to why we should take a conventional buyer over an FHA buyer, all things being equal. The house will pass an FHA appraisal and a conventional appraisal. I want them to call me directly because maybe I'm missing something. I mean, I've been doing this for 20 years. Now, you're not missing nothing. In fact, they won't even call you because they don't <laughs> call true. anybody. They don't care. Listen, they don't return any calls. For They're any not, realtor, certainly not calling me. Any realtor, listen to this show right now. I challenge you. To call five to ten people in your database for the next month, every day, and tell them why it's a good time to buy and why it's a good time to sell, and I guarantee you, you will get some listings. But they won't. Which is what we need. I can't continue. I mean, send the Philly schedule. That'll work. One of my top realtors, I spoke to them during the week. They haven't put anybody under contract in a month. In a month. Because yeah. cash buyers are coming out of the woodwork. And it's not yeah. right. That's Last going to ruin the housing market. Last it's going to ruin we it. talked about that one city where, uh, where everybody, oh, Austin, where everybody came in 
they had a 37% higher budget than the local loca- local people. Like, they were just coming in to buy right. at real high prices. So, anyway. All right. All right. So, if anybody has any questions, FHA versus conventional, please give me a call, 609-605-7153. And next will be our question and answer segment. All right. So, we, we got into the battle there. We did. I, I, uh, we were <laughs> challenging the real estate agents to make a phone call. <laughs> no, let me text them. No, call them. So, <laughs> so anyway, with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. All positive, all the time. We'll be right back. Deanne and Mark are halfway through this week's edition of Good News in Real Estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. When the show returns, more real estate news from around the Delaware Valley. All right, welcome back to Good News Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. All positive, all the time. So where are we at, Dan? Mark, we're up to our question and answer segment. And the first question is, is real estate a good investment in 2021? Yeah, if you can find one. But there's, <laughs> there's, there's opportunity. Now, investment could be commercial, too. Now, a lot of businesses went under. All different types of businesses went under. So there are some commercial opportunities, like to buy, buy up some space for future rentals, because eventually they're all going to be replaced by the ones that went under. So now flipping and all is a little harder, but that's still happening. I mean, there's always opportunity in real estate. That's the one thing that's interesting about it. That's never it's gonna never, change. It's never different. It's always different. You never do two deals the same. And it is a great time to invest. The rates are low, even on the commercial side, commercial rates are low too. And I'm seeing I get emails all the time of commercial properties because I got people looking for certain things. And there's a lot of commercial property available and tons of office space because of people getting used to working from home. Right. It's going to be interesting over the next rest of the year and into next year about this new working at home. Working remotely. You know, yeah. is it going to be two days a week, three days a week you go to the office? Or is it going to be three days you stay at home and two days you go to the office? Right. And that's what Dr. A is talking about too, that productivity part of that piece. You know, are people going to be as productive working at home? So... But the answer to the question, yes. It's a great yes. time to invest. It's always What's the next a, it's one? It's always a great investment. Yeah, it always, the next question lose. is, what is a seller's market? Well, to define it exactly, what we consider a seller's market is there is a, 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 a normal market, is a six-month supply of inventory on the market. So that means that you have a certain amount of houses for sale in that market, a six-month supply. Once you start getting down from six months, you start getting like five months, you're kind of heading toward a seller's market. Four months, you're in a seller's market. Three months, you're really starting to get tight. Two months, we're at 1.9 months in Philly. We are in the tightest seller's market of all time. Without a doubt. This is the lowest inventory I've ever seen. Like 3,000 houses for sale 
out of 676,000. And the counties are in the same situation. It's with just all these, no With all these new real estate agents that are getting their license, they have to learn how to get listings. Well, the ones that are coming out of my school, they know they got to make five to ten phone calls a day, and they got scripts for sellers. Yeah. You know what, Mark, though? Everybody that I talk to, they're, everybody's getting phone calls, and they're, they're not even answering them now. So there's got to be a different strategy of letting these sellers know exactly what's going on. They need to do seller seminars. You know, the, the agents need to get together. You can do. But yeah. I'm telling you, if you call people up and you say, hey, it's Mark from so-and-so real estate, you got a minute? If you say that line to them, they'll go, yeah. And then you tell them what's happening with the market. Right. Well, here's what's happening with the buyers. Here's what happened to sellers. And if you know anybody thinking about selling, would you call me? And they'll go, yeah. And you say, thank you. Right. If right. you did that 10 times a day, and every real estate agent in Philly and Bucks and Montgomery County and, and Delaware County did that, there'd be a ton of listings on the market. And we'd have, we wouldn't have an inventory problem. And we You're wouldn't right. be at 1.9. We'd probably be at 4. Right. All right. Question number three. How much do I have to pay an agent to help me buy my house? Well, you're going to pay them by the hour. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. It's well, most zero. Most of the time, you don't pay the agent. I mean, most of the time, it comes out of the seller side. Right. And it's split four ways. It goes half of that goes to the two agents, and half of it goes to their, or whatever their split is. Whatever to the split is. But it's usually split four ways. But you can pay an agent as a buyer agent because like my time i got a number my i'm worth a certain amount of money per hour hour right so if somebody wants to hire me uh, just to help go look for houses and do that that you can do that you know but uh most of the time they get paid it's by not the seller. it's not a rule because everything's negotiable everything's negotiable right. right most of the time they get paid by the seller what's the right. next one all right, question number four. How much do I need for a down payment? Your favorite question. I hate this the question. biggest myth of all time, right here. The minimum down payment that is required for a conventional loan is 3%. Three, minimum down payment. 23. It is not 20%. And the minimum down payment for your FHA financing is 3.5%. I know. I just, uh, I was just, uh, one of my new classes, I asked them how much do you have to put down? And it was a whole... You get the same answer all the time. A whole bunch of them, 20%. They right. all think you need 20% in like a 700 credit score. Yep. And then I and then I told them about the worst market in history. I asked them, what percentage of the country was in foreclosure in 2008? 50%. 50%. 60%. Right. I got one guy said 80%. 80%. That's crazy. Thir That's one, crazy. And then 15, 20s. And then one guy said 5%. <laughs> And I went, it was 5.1. 5.1% of the country was in foreclosure in the worst real estate market in history. What it is right now, it's 1.9. All right, so that's insane. All right, the next question is, do I have to replace my worn out carpet before I list my home for sale? Yeah, that's going to how worn out it is. I mean, carpet's no. one of those things. People come in and change it anyway. Right. I mean, if it's presentable, in this market, 
In this market, you don't. I don't think you need to do anything. Almost not anything, but like I mean, if the, you know the dog, like really took it out. <laughs> There's a lot of dog spots on this rug. Yeah, you might want to replace that baby. Yeah, different carpet's story. not that expensive, and it and first impressions do mean something. But if it's just worn a little bit, a lot of people come in and change carpet anyway because a lot of people don't want carpet. Right. You know, like right, I don't have carpet with in the my house. Floors. I got carpet in my office, but in the house we have like what do you call them? Not throw rugs, uh, hardwood Runners. floors or whatever. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next question. I'm a, Let's I'd speed be a great it up a stager. little. <laughs> <laughs> Next question is: Is it okay to keep my collection of artistic nude paintings hanging around my home when trying to sell? I thought. Where I do you get this, these questions? This was a great question. I saw this question. I was like, I got to include this question. Now, if some very warm and fuzzy artistic type person came in the house like me, it might not bother me. (laughs) But in reality, you're trying to set this house up so when people come in, they can picture living in it. So I would suggest taking down... You know, I don't know how many new paintings he has already in every room. You know, you know, it could be. So some once people could take once it they back. move into the house and they're sitting on their couch, they're going to be. Do you remember when the sellers had all these nude pictures? All and- <laughs> giant ones. <laughs> yeah, it would be a good idea to take it down. Yeah, I, I, you always want to like take down your family pictures and yeah, all that no stuff. Yeah, no personal because, pictures, right. Right, because the, you want, want the buyer to visualize living in this house as their own, not yours. Correct. Take all the magnets off the fridge, pictures of the dog. Right. <laughs> all right. All right. They were good questions. I like the last some, one. <laughs> some strange as usual, but they were all good. So, Mark, coming up next is our topic of the day. Is commute time becoming a housing factor? Yes. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All positive, all the time. We'll be right back. Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland is proudly being provided by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. Deanne and Mark will have more in a moment, but first, a message from one of our home team partners, Green Tree Mortgage. How much do you qualify for? Ask Deanne now at MortgageMom.net. All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, all positive. All the time. So we're at the end. Mark, we're up to our topic of the day, which is, is commute time becoming a housing factor? And you know what? This is an interesting topic. It is. I deal with it all the time. Since people started working at home, and now they're thinking about going back a couple days a week or whatever, we're going to have to see how this all plays out. This is going to have a big effect on uh, office space rentals and stuff like that because i don't think big companies are going to need as much space if they do some of this stuff but while many workers plan at least according to recent surveys to continue spending at least part of each week working from home a shorter commute seems to be holding increasing appeal the national association of builders index and not indicates not only a pandemic driven shift in construction to low density low cost markets but a rapid expansion in areas with the shortest commutes. And this makes sense. You know, 
Like if you were driving from Voorhees, New Jersey into Center City, how long is it going to take you, you know? Especially with traffic. But the problem, the problem is people from New York leaving and coming to Philadelphia. Right. Okay, that's an that's an underwriting issue. Because yeah, the commutes a, because the yeah, commutes that's too a long far. Commute. That's right. But anyway, workplaces are moving toward the hybrid office work model, which could affect thirty to forty percent of the American workforce. Thirty to forty percent. That's huge. This will give renters and buyers increased market power over their travel times and ability to reduce both housing and transportation costs. The yep. average average commute is twenty six minutes. Those counties in the bottom, the lowest twenty, have to commute time of eighteen minutes or less, while the commute in the highest is twenty eight minutes. Data shows thirty six two point two percent of the U.S. population resides in counties in that top slice, 28, 26 minutes. Uh, the, the builders indicate that the top two quintels, the longest commute, had a 63.6% of single-family buildings. However, the growth was strongest in the bottom fourth quarter moving average annual growth of 22%. The highest commute time counties also lost significant market share for multifamily construction, down from 40 to 35 percent over the past year. In contrast, areas in the bottom posted growth in the apartment construction of 24 percent. When 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 the mean commute times are distributed across submarkets, using this builder's strategy here, one can see that the longest commute category in the large metro area increases inversely with density. This is the indication that outlying areas of large metros have no have a longer commute. A lesser degree of this holds true to outlying areas of small metros. So the bottom line is, like, you know, you get into Montgomery County, Bucks County, uh, especially <laughs> not Jersey, don't be crossing <laughs> that river, Delaware County or something like that. You know, they're not... In the city, but they want a shorter commute time. Commute time. Yeah, so, and this working at home, if they are going to have to go in three days a week, how will you see this play out? I think what Dr. A is going to talk about today is going to have a big impact on this. Because, you know, some people are good at working by themselves, and some people are not good at holding themselves accountable. So right. that could that could have an effect on productivity. Like, uh, my business, you know, we're teaching school online, live streaming, and uh, my teachers are all practicing realtors, and they're they're not reading a book to people. That's different. But if you're working on, like, say, I don't know what, like, whatever your business you're in, and you're producing papers or whatever other people do, <laughs> I don't even know. whatever they're doing at these offices, uh, you know. I don't know how accountable they're going to be because they're not in the office where like, you know, in that old that remember that movie office, yes. office yeah. where that guy used to come around and stand with his cup of coffee and how you see, how you going? You know, like, <laughs> like these people are at home and they've never been in that situation before. So it could affect productivity or it could have a surprising effect on productivity 
because these people don't have to make that trip. They don't have to go through all that. They get their work done quicker, and maybe once they get into it, they get really into it, and their productivity goes up. Because not so much time is wasted right. going out to lunch, taking breaks, you know, whatever, smoke breaks, uh, just Talking. driving there, driving back. Right. That's all 80%. Now maybe they're there and they're in the 20% all the time because they get in front of their computer and they're in the 20 doing the work. I don't know. Agreed. I, I don't have a crystal ball. I, I don't know how this is going to pan out. To me, it could be a good thing. All right. So, Mark, we have Dr. Abelson on the line with us, and we are going to continue our segment. And our topic is reengaging the worker after COVID. Which we were just kind of rambling about, Dr. A, about, you know, you don't have a crystal ball. Are these people going to end up more productive because they're in the 20 percent and not getting interrupted, not taking lunch, not have to drive to work? Or are they going to be non-productive? Because they're not, nobody's holding them accountable, leaning over their shoulder. What are your thoughts? Well, well, to to answer that, you have to look at two different aspects of of what's going on. One of them is that individual themselves. And some people are just naturally driven to uh to to do the work and to and to be out there and take initiative and to and to get things done so in that type of situation you're not going to have to worry about it at all because they're going to get it done the other aspect is the leader and how is the leader dealing with all this because this is a different type of situation that the leader's not used to so there's all kinds of issues that 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 are related to leadership such as trust does the leader trust the staff person to really to deliver, uh, or do they feel that they have to be supervising this person? Does the leader feel that micromanagement is, is the way that you manage somebody? Well, if you believe in micromanagement, it's really hard to do it remotely. So yeah. what that does is that puts some stress on the relationship between the, the leader and the staff person. So there's all kinds of dynamics that go on, but basically it depends on the people who are involved in it, you know, whether it be the staff person or whether it be the leader themselves. And there really is the third dimension, too, and there are some physical problems you know when you're re- working remotely i mean what happens if you have to share machinery well you can't share machinery you have to spend additional money and get machinery in those in those different areas if 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 you have that if right. you have that particular need you know or i i know one time when we we do a lot of remote we're a virtual organization so once upon a time it was real easy if i wanted to give something to my administrative staff person i walked over to the desk you know and i looked them in the eye and i handed to them and it was done right. right now you can't do that you have to scan it in or you have to take some type of snapshot and you have to you have to then give that to them and then they have to do something so there are some other aspects that go on to it that are just built in less efficient yeah, I like uh, me personally. Like I have a scanner at my house in my office, but I regret that I bought the one I had because you got to put in one page at a time. <laughs> not like not like the one at the <laughs> office where you put in fifty right. and it just scans them through. Right. I think that was a bad purchase. <laughs> but well, then, like that then kind of effectively, stuff. is it a good purchase for you to go and 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 buy one that does multiple scanning? And if so, who pays for that? Does the organization pay for that or does the individual pay for that? So there are other dynamics that go on. And one of the biggest problems now is 
people are spoiled because they were forced to stay at home. Uh, and now the organizations, a lot of organizations want them back. So what we're seeing, and we have a program that deals with this, but what we're seeing is this feeling out and getting a sense for how we can work from here. So it's how do you deal with a hybrid organization? How do you deal with a hybrid office, which is really what we're experiencing at this point? All right. Well, let's continue with that next week, right from there, because that's a good point. All right, doctor, tell them how to get a hold of you. All you have to do is contact us at ableson at net or contact me directly at dr.a at ableson, A-B-E-L-S-O-N dot net. Thank you, right, Dr. Right, a. That right. was great. Perfect, was guys. Good. See you next week. Write that down right where we stopped there. All right, got you it. got it. And if you have any questions, you can email them to Mark at 8029 at comcast.net or give him a call at 267-266-5501. You can also email me at dnkatsaris at comcast.net or give me a call at 609-605-7153. And a special thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in every week because our ratings have doubled. And our sponsors for keeping us on the air for the last 11 years here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Hope you become a faithful listener every week and you listen to this show every Saturday at 1 o'clock. So with that, have a great week. I'm Mark Cumberland. I'm Deanne Katsaris, your mortgage mom. You've been listening to Good News and Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All positive. All positive. All, all the time. The time. Thanks for listening to Good News in Real Estate, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Krause at 267-261-3428. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded. There are so many choices when it comes to selecting the right financial institution. Start with the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. We're right here in your city. We're also the official credit union of Temple University, and anyone who lives, works, worships, and studies in Philadelphia can open an account. We're member-owned and offer all the services you're looking for, like mobile banking and free ATM withdrawals. Visit our website at pfcu.com. We're not here for our profit, here for yours. Federally insured by NCUA.